0: Hey, this is Matt. I'm the lead pastor of Westminster Baptist Church. Thanks for engaging God's word with us. Uh, my prayer for you is that this would be supplemental to your discipleship journey. Uh, if we can connect you with a local church or discipleship group, uh, please contact us at info at
1: i uh-huh. Began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no way gone
2: You, Jesus, you are a living hope. God, you are no longer in the grave, God, you are alive. Death could not hold you, the grave could not hold you, chains could not hold you, Father. God, and we thank you, God, that we could celebrate that this morning. Celebrate, God. That you are alive and living, you are working among us today. What a gift, Father. God, I'm just so thankful for this moment that we had. God, just the year that we've been through and, and being able to be together and celebrate this day. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that as we hear from you, Hear from your word. God, speak through Matthew. God, allow us to open our hearts, change our hearts, change our lives, Lord. It's your holy and mighty name that we pray. Amen.
0: Man's method for defeat was God's victory. Man's method for defeat was God's victory. You see, Jesus' week began by entering into Jerusalem held as the king. The people used palm branches to declare him as their king, Messiah, the one who would come. He was headed to Jerusalem on a donkey to endure the cross. On Monday, Jesus cleansed the temple, which would have been thought to have been a moment where he should have been become enthroned why would Jesus be purifying the temple when the world was wanting him to be sitting on a throne on Tuesday Jesus answered tough questions from the religious elite the people wanted to put him in a place where he would answer wrong and either go against God or go against Caesar the religious elite tried to use these questions to prove that Jesus was not the king that the world had declared him to be. On Wednesday, Jesus, after answering all of the questions, there weren't, much, there weren't many questions left, and he begins to teach. Jesus gets to teach in this moment without just being questioned by these religious leaders. He teaches truth about the kingdom of God, and behind the scenes, the religious leaders are plotting against him They say, well, let's kill him. Let's figure out how we can kill him. But let's do it after the people have left. Because again, remember, somewhere around 1.4 million people would come into Jerusalem for this festival. And Wednesday, after Jesus teaches the truth, he lives it out on Thursday. When the Lord's Supper shows that Jesus serves, he didn't just come to be served. He washes the disciples' feet to show that he serves, not just to be served. And on Friday, he's going to show that he's not just going to wash feet and partake in the Lord's Supper, but he's going to live out what he said he would do. And he gives up his life for his friends. You see, Good Friday is the climax of hate. When the world threw its Savior on the cross, but it's the climax of love when the Savior willingly endured the cross for the sake of the world. On Saturday, Jesus' body lay in rest, but the religious elite still thought that they might need to go to Pilate to stop it. So they go to Pilate and they say, can we put some guards out? Can we stop the... What might happen, and you, and you remember this, what they said might happen was that after three days he might rise again. Now before Jesus Christ died on the cross, they used it to say that Jesus was going to build up the temple again. That if the temple was destroyed, then Jesus would rebuild it. And they made fun of him saying that he couldn't possibly do that. No one could do that. But then after the cross, they used it to say that Jesus might raise up in his own body and have life. It's it's interesting that the people want to use what Jesus says to bring them glory. No matter how they had to twist it to make it go against Jesus, they would do it. Because they were plotting against him. So they put guards around the tomb thinking that they might can stop God's plan. It's men thinking that they can stop God's plan. By putting guards in front of the tomb, they think that they might prevent Jesus, the Savior, from raising from the dead and saving us. But the way to heaven is through the cross. May we never forget that at the center of our hope, joy, celebration, victory, and forgiveness is Jesus enduring the cross for us. The way to heaven is through the cross. When the world is shaking palm branches, don't take the throne. When the religious elite are asking questions, don't take the bait. When the world is against you, don't run and hide. And when your friends betray you, don't lose your mission. Because when the cross is upon you, heaven is before you. Remember... Jesus left fame in Galilee where the people followed after him watching the miracles and celebrating what Jesus was doing. He left fame in Galilee. He rode on a donkey instead of a horse. He received death threats. He was betrayed by his closest friend. And then he was condemned by the world on his way to heaven because the way to heaven is through the cross. Luke 9, 23 through 24 says... Then he said to them, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. Matthew ten thirty eight says, And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy. Luke fourteen twenty seven, 27, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Do you see Jesus set them up so that they would know what he is going to do and be able to follow him through to it? Would they follow after him to the cross? Or would they betray him and deny him and turn away from him? Matthew 16:24 then Jesus said to his disciples if anyone wants to follow after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me again Matthew uh, Mark 8:34 calling the crowd along with his disciples he said to them if anyone wants to follow after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me because the way to heaven is through the cross We're going to be in Romans chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 this morning. It's not going to be on the screen if you don't have a Bible, let us know and we will bring you one for free. If you don't want to if you want to grab one afterwards, I will personally give you a Bible that you would can have at home to read God's word. Romans chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. It says Paul A servant of Christ Jesus called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. You see, something happened to this man who was a persecutor of the church to make him a proclaimer of the gospel. Something happened to Paul to make him a servant of Christ Jesus. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 7 through 8, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all as to one born. At the wrong time, he also appeared to me, talking about Paul, because when the resurrected king appears to people, it changes their lives. The persecutor of the church becomes the proclaimer of the gospel, and Paul becomes a servant of Christ Jesus rather than a persecutor of Jesus' followers. So it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle. Paul becomes an apostle because he sees the resurrected king. Do you believe? Says in verse 2, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, kind of telling us what this gospel of God is. Paul was set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised, God promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The way Paul will later say it in Galatians chapter 3 is that it was Jesus was cursed on the tree, but in the Old Testament it says, Those who were hung on a tree were cursed. So Jesus was cursed on a tree. Why would Jesus be cursed on a tree? Not because of his sin, not because of his failure, not because he did something wrong, not because he was scared, not because he doubted, not because he backed away in the Garden of Gethsemane, not because he came in thinking he was gonna take the throne of Rome, not because he was betraying people, not because he was making death threats, but because Jesus was faithful, he was able to take on our unfaithfulness and became cursed so that we might not become cursed. And that is my king, do you believe? He promised it beforehand. This, was the prepare, this is what God prepared for us. This is what God prepared for his son and his son endured the cross. And the crazy thing about it, as we said last week, is Jesus enjoys to extend mercy and grace to us. It is not a work that he pushes away. It is a work he endures because he loves you. He's, he is gentle and meek, and he wants to save his people. It's why he went to the cross. So God had a plan, and he came to this world. And it says in verse three, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was a descendant of David according to the flesh, so God sent His Son fully man. He was a descendant of David, meaning he came from the line of David, the king David. It means that he is in the flesh. He is a human being enduring everything we endure. But the resurrection. But the resurrection proved that he's not just a man. He's the Son of God. Verse 4 says, "And, And it was appointed to be the powerful Son of God according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. The Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead, the Holy Spirit declares that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In the baptism, he declared it. In the resurrection, he declared it. When Jesus comes, he brings not only human flesh, but the Son of God, God in our presence. Jesus is the powerful Son of God. In Philippians chapter two, verse five through eleven, again, this is a persecutor of the church becomes a proclaimer of the gospel, and this is what he writes: it "says Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself." By assuming the form of a servant. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Jesus Christ emptying himself to the form of a servant. You see, when we follow after Christ, we follow him into humility and we follow him into servanthood. Because we did not we do not come to just to be served, but we come to serve just like Jesus Christ did. It says, Jesus emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant. Taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he, became, he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. The same world that was bringing Jesus in with palm branches declaring that he was the king of king is the world that was standing around the cross watching a slow death take place. I want you to think about that for a moment because they hailed they, they him as the king. But when Jesus shows who he is in all humility, they yell, crucify him. You see, the cross was not a fast, isolated death. It was not like they would do it in where no one else could watch. This was a slow death in front of the world where all the world could see. You're talking about humiliation. Christ humbled himself to be in front of a world that had rejected him, but only a few days earlier had held him as king. It says in verse 9. See, God does not operate like the world. It says, For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, those who stood spitting, betraying, mocking, saying, if you can save others, why can't you save yourself? Those who put, those who waved palm branches and said he was the king, and then those who five days later put the king of the Jews above his cross to mock him, those who would spit on him, those who would reject him, those who would betray him, those who would declare him falsely, those who would deny him, for all the world who stood around him, all the deniers, all the betrayers, everyone who stood around him, every knee will bow. Every voice that said crucify will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's like Thomas, John chapter 20, verses 27 through 29. Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Resurrected Jesus in his presence. The persecutor became became the, the proclaimer of the gospel, Paul. Thomas is in front of the resurrected Jesus. And Jesus says, Put out your finger and touch my hands, touch my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. And look at what Thomas says. What happens when you're faced with the resurrected king? Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Church, do you believe? Thomas denied, betrayed, rejected, didn't believe in the crucified man. But the resurrected Son of God stood before him. All men and women, children will stand before the throne and kneel down and God will either say, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. Those who bow on earth will be exalted in heaven. Those who want to be exalted on earth will bow in heaven and here depart from me. Would you proclaim with me, church, my Lord and my God, the resurrected Son of God lives. He is the meek and gentle Savior who died on the cross, but he is also... The King of creation, who is raised from the dead to conquer death and defeat all evil, he is the lion and the lamb. So, what does this mean to us? It means that no one goes to heaven without the cross. No one goes to heaven without the cross. It means that the resurrection proved that Jesus is the Son of God. The one on the cross is the Son of God. And it is only by that cross that we can be saved. Only through the Son of God on the cross can we be saved. Paul doesn't become a servant of Jesus Christ proclaiming the gospel of God without the resurrected Son of God coming to him. There is no salvation anywhere other than in Jesus Christ alone. In Romans 1, verses 1 through 4, it says in verse 3, His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is a descendant of David according to the flesh, man, he was fully man. He was born of a virgin, endured what we endure, was tempted, became a man, grew in knowledge and stature. It says in Luke, Jesus Christ was fully man. And it was by the resurrection that we see and by the baptism that we see that he is also fully God. I think we can see it throughout the Gospels. But I want to show you something important here. That though the flesh of God may have given up on the cross, it is finished and he took his last breath. He gave up his life on the cross for us. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead that he might have life. That's in Romans 1, 1 through 4. It changed Paul's life. But it can change yours too. Look at Romans 8, 10 through 11. I'm going to read it out loud. Now if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Come on, church, like I'm talking about those who were dead are now alive. That's why we celebrate. That's why we're excited this morning. That's why we we dress up, we get up, we celebrate all these different things. It's not for eggs and bunnies. It's for Jesus Christ who raised from the dead. And because he raised from the dead, the spirit that is in you raises you up from the dead. There is no sin that can overcome you. How good is that to know? You see, it's not because of our work. It's not because of what we've done in this life. It's because the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ is seen in you. It's because you are not good, but God has made you good, that when he sees you, he raises you back to life. You see, it says, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness, and that righteousness is not our own. It is Christ, and he has given it to you. Church, that's something worth celebrating. So I urge you, look to Jesus Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2 say, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, and get this, he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, because the way to heaven is through the cross. The joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, He despi- despising the shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus endured the cross on the way to sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. May we follow him to heaven. Never forget that when the world tried to enthrone Jesus with palm branches and then dethrone him with the cross, it was God the Father that worked through the rejection, triumphal entry, through the betrayal, through the cross, and through the resurrection to exalt his son to the throne. The world thought they could do it. The world thought they could stop it. The only one who could was God the Father, and he did. May that be our story too. Whatever the world thinks they might can do with your life to lift you up, to exalt you, it cannot pale in comparison. It does not pale in comparison to what the Father can do. The world may try to put you on a throne. The world may try to take you off of the throne. But at the end of the day, there is only one who can raise you into heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ that God the Father does it. Because when the cross is upon you, heaven is before you. And the only way to heaven is through the cross. There is no other name. There is no other way. There is no other life. There is no other truth. Because he is the way. He is the the truth and he is the life Amen. John chapter 11 verse 25 through 26 this is why we worship this morning church Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me even if he dies will live everyone who lives and believes in me will never die And then Jesus says an important phrase for us. Do you believe this? Do you believe? My gospel response for you this morning is simply this. Do you believe that the powerful son of God was the one on the cross who overcame sin, Satan, and death so that you might have life? Do you believe that Jesus Christ, the one who was born of a woman, born under the law, was perfect in the law, lived a perfect life, took your sin upon the cross, raised from the dead so that you might have life. And if you believe in him, you will have life for eternal presence of God in heaven. Do you believe? Because the way to heaven is through the cross. For those of you who are in here this morning you've never believed in Jesus Christ, I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you to look at Paul's life. Look, at the end of the day, these people record that they saw the resurrection. What takes a lot of faith is believing that, the, that Jesus was on the, the, that the man who was on the cross was the Son of God. The resurrection is written in historical documents. It's in the Bible. You can read it for yourself. But whether or not you believe that that man who was raised from the dead is God changes everything. Whether or not when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, whether or not you believe in that, it changes everything. Many believe that Jesus lived a historical life. My question to you is do you believe he is the Son of God? My question to you is, do you believe he's the powerful son of God who raised from the dead that you might have life? And for those of you who are in here this morning and you say, man, I believe in Jesus Christ, here's my challenge for you. Will you take up your own cross too? If Jesus Christ, the powerful son of God raised from the dead... If he declared, go and make disciples, and disciples are ones who follow after the way, the truth, and the life, and the way, the truth, and the life goes through the cross to heaven, then we should go through the cross to heaven too. Let's take up our cross. This morning, I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what you must endure. I can promise you this. This world does not like Christians. This world has never liked Christians. The most persecuted people in the world are Christians. The most people who are killed in this world are Christians. Statistically, it's true. Somewhere around 100,000 to 200,000 Christians are killed every year simply because they declare that Jesus is the Son of God. Will you take up your cross? You see, on Good Friday, we celebrated that Jesus Christ took the cross and overcame the cross, but we live in a world that still throws up some crosses for us to get on. They want us to endure. My question to you is, will you go through the cross to heaven? It's, it's just, I said this at Good Friday if you weren't here, th- this is where it all comes together. The difference between us taking up a cross and Jesus taking the cross Is that when Jesus took the cross, he took all of our sin upon him. When we take up a cross, we have the power and the presence of God in us. There is no sin. There is no more. Because when Jesus was on the cross, he said, It is finished. And now today, no matter what cross you bear, you got the power and the presence of God in you to overcome. That's why the resurrection matters. I'm so pumped. My goal this morning is to make you as excited and pumped about this as I am. Uh, to, f- to help you to follow after me as I follow Jesus, as Paul says. And if, if you walk away today, not emotional, not a little feeling in your stomach, but if you walk away today with excitement, able to declare that Jesus is the Son of God, man, then everything's worth it. This is all worth it. This is why we gather. This is why we preach. This is why we play music. This is why we live. This is why I live. to tell you that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And because he did, you can too. I'm going to pray for you as the band comes. We're going to sing out again to our king, declaring who he is and that he is raised from the dead. Let's pray. Our Father, we believe that your Son is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And because of you and because of the Spirit, he's raised from the dead. And because he raised from the dead, we can too. So Father, I pray in this moment that the people in this room and online and on the radio will join together in declaring that you are the King. Father, I pray that every man, woman, child in this room who will face different crosses throughout the week, different persecutions and sufferings, different ways to acknowledge you that might cause the world to reject them, I pray that they will endure. I pray, God, that you will give them strength as your word says to stand up steadfast in the truth. I pray, Father, that we would not deny and betray, but we proclaim with Paul And as Paul said, Father, I pray that you would help us to say too, that we preach Christ, and we preach him crucified. I pray, Father, this church would preach your son, preach his life, death, and resurrection without fear, without denying, without rejection, without spitting, without calling out, without slapping, and nailing nails in his hands father help us to declare that he is the son of god your son father we believe in your son father we raise up we lift up we declare he is the king of kings father let our hearts not wander. i pray father you'd move in every heart in this room if there's someone who does not believe in you i just ask god that you would move their heart into a place of faith Oh, you alone can draw near the dead. You alone can raise up dead bones to life. You alone can make graves turn into gardens. And Father, you alone can rescue those who need to be rescued. So Father, extend mercy and grace to us because of your Son who endured the cross that we might have life. We trust you, Father. We praise you in your Son's name. Amen.
1: seated among us. Let every heart receive him now. Where there is praise he will inhabit. There will be grace and mercy all around. Every burden will be lifted His presence, every trophy will be laid down at His feet. There is a name that reigns above all others, Jesus Christ, the King above all kings. and glory. above all others jesus christ the king above all We will behold him in every tear. above Jesus Christ, the King above
0: all It's been wonderful to worship with you this morning. My prayer is that you will run into the midst of darkness and light it up by proclaiming this truth that Jesus Christ overcome the grave. Amen. Let's celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Let's proclaim it to our friends. Would you proclaim it in some way today? Would you proclaim that Jesus Christ overcame the dead? Let's go. Have a great week, church. If you have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more about following after Jesus, uh, please contact us, and we would love to talk more about your relationship with Christ and how you can grow in your spiritual journey.